0: Welcome to the Venice Church Podcast. My name is Matt, and I'm the lead pastor at Venice Church. We're so grateful that you would take time to lean into a teaching from one of our weekend worship gatherings. Each week, one of our pastors opens the word of God with a relevant message in the hopes that you are inspired to live and love like Jesus. We invite you now to open your heart and mind and lean into the word of God. So we're in week three of a series that's forcing us to lean into a question that most of us would prefer to lean away from. But it's one we have to wrestle with. And I felt the tension and I felt the the weight of everything that we've been talking about over the last few weeks. And everything in me is like, why are you doing this? But it's a question that we have to wrestle with because it's, it's, it's one of the more important ones we will ever challenge ourselves to lean into. How are things at home? And it's not a question that a lot of people are comfortable with. And I'm not talking, I don't want your canned answer, you know, that good,
1: fine, that's
0: great. You know, the one you tell your coworkers and they say, how you doing? And you just like regurgitate this reflexive fine that's really not indicative or accurate portrait of, of what's really happening at home. How are things At home. And the reason why I want us to wrestle with that question is because the reality is the answer to that question for far too many people is not good. Not good. That the pandemic that we're still. In so many measures has has revealed that for so many people when they walk across the threshold of their front door and they step into whatever space it is that they call home that the conditions inside that place are far from good and that that breaks my heart because I believe that God's heart for your home is that it be a haven amen somebody Like, God's heart for your home is that it be a haven. Go to Isaiah 32, 18. Isaiah chapter 32, verse 18. Let's look at that verse together. Isaiah 32, 18. And I know this is pointing to a place in the future, but I deeply believe that we should fight for God's heart now, that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Isaiah 32, 18, my people will live in peaceful dwelling places in secure homes, in undisturbed places of rest. I just read that verse and I want to go home and take a nap. Like there's just something about it that just brings peace to my soul. And I hope when you read it, it it makes you long for a space like that. Because I deeply believe that you need it for your spiritual growth and for your sanity. That you need somewhere that becomes a sanctuary. Because anybody else feel like you live in a pressure-filled, stress-driven, cruel world? People are mean, y'all. you talking about just people? I'm talking about church people, work people, school people. We, we, we live in a society that just seems like it gets meaner and meaner. Anybody? Y'all with me? <laughs> and, and you find yourself in so many atmospheres where you don't get to control the climate. The, the stress of your job, like you don't have a whole lot of say about the deadlines and the things that you have to do and all the culture that happens there and your school and all the, we constantly find ourselves in environments where we don't have a whole lot of say, but your home, you have some control over. And it is supposed to be an undisturbed place of rest, a secure dwelling that when you cross the threshold of whatever you call home, whatever it is, whatever that place looks like, whatever it consists of, whether you're married, single, live with your grandparents, whoever, that it is a sanctuary where you can be you, where you can be transparent and vulnerable and where you experience peace and get encouragement and, and find truth and feel love like like you need that space. But you're going to have to fight for it. Because a house that becomes a haven doesn't happen accidentally. It doesn't just happen without a lot of work and hard conversations and difficult things have to be wrestled with in order to get it there. But oh man, is it worth it. And if you know, you know. If you've never not had it and then had it, Or if you have it now, testify somebody, you know, you grew up in, in, in something that felt much more like hell than a haven. You grew up in a home that was constantly full of fighting and conflict and struggle and pain, and now God has given you the opportunity to build something different, to break that generational curse and find something beautiful for you, your family, and the next generation to come. But the reason why so many homes are not havens is because of the relationships inside them aren't very healthy. Because at its core, your home is, is made up of the relationships in it. Your home is, is not just the, the structure, the studs, the shingles, the stu- it's, it's the relationships in it. And if a house is going to be a haven, a house will never be a haven if the relationships in it aren't healthy Your house will never be a haven if the relationships in it are not healthy. And so many people, you know this, that whatever the relationships are in your home, whether you're you're not married but you live with a bunch of roommates and they are evil and they make sure you use every dish before you wash a single one and they're always putting a thermostat on 62 and y'all can't afford the power bill, And then one of them decided they wanted a cat, and you know cats are from the devil? I just offended some people in the room, but it's not, it's okay. Or whether you're in your home, and you know what, you're warring against that teenager who's In that rebellious season and you're scared and you're fearful and so you're trying to say things and do things but all it's doing is creating tension and friction and you're arguing and all these things are happening. But one of the most detrimental things is happening in our culture and one of the hardest things for us to swallow is the reality of how many marriages are unhealthy, how many homes are absent of a healthy Marriage. Look at me. There is a war on marriage. And there has been from the beginning. So much so that we're in a season now where so many people don't even buy into it or believe in it anymore. Believing that marriage is an outdated, antiquated idea. But I would submit to you that that is a lie from the devil himself. That marriage is a special, unique, and beautiful relationship instituted by and created by God. And its intention is for it to be healthy and thriving. And when a man and a woman come together, not in some circumstantial contract relationship, but in an enduring covenant relationship between that man and that woman and the creator God, that what it is is a thing of beauty and power. And if we're ever going to have a house that's a haven, then we have to get marriages healthy. And I understand there's a lot of people in the room right now, you're not married and your intention is to kind of just lean out and be like, okay, this is for the married folks. And that's the worst thing that you could do. And maybe you'll be married someday, or maybe you won't, but everything that we're gonna talk about in this series are universal principles that you need to file away in your heart because there will come a time when God needs to pull that out for the betterment of your life. But if we are gonna have marriages that are the healthy, beautiful relationship that God intended, we have to let God be the one that shapes its design, its definition, its intention And God intended for this relationship to be something powerful and beautiful from the onset when he created Adam and Eve in the garden and he put them together and the two became one flesh. And you notice one of the first consequences of the fall was it started to erode the marriage relationship. That Adam and Eve realized that there was something different about themselves. And all of a sudden, they begin to retreat from one another and from God. And the enemy's been attacking marriage ever since. Trying to move us away from what God intended it to be. And it's become something that even if we don't avoid it, when we step into it, we think as soon as it's not easy, it gets hard, it doesn't work, we'll just bounce out. And we all know the statistics, man. So many marriages end in divorce. And if that's you, man, my look at me. My intention is in no way to bring up, stir up past shame or guilt and open wounds, but trust the grace and mercy of God working in you. But God didn't intend for it to be this thing that we could just easily walk away from. In Jesus' day, divorce was as rampant, if not more so, than it is ours. Go to Matthew chapter 19. This was in something that he wasn't a stranger to in the culture in which he lived. And there comes a moment when somebody comes up to Jesus and Jesus says, is it okay for a man to divorce his wife for kind of any and every reason? Because that was what was happening That marriage was already being treated so lightly and and, and not being seen to this level of beautiful, powerful relationship that God intended it to be. And Jesus' response, Matthew chapter 19, verse 4. And Jesus is about to say some things that are very counter to culture. Matthew 19, verse 4. Haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning the creator made them male and female? And he said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. And therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Why then, they asked, did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? And Jesus replied, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. But it was not that way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, and marries another woman, commits adultery. And then verse 10, the disciples said to him, if this is the situation between a husband and a wife, it is better not to marry. And Jesus replied, not everyone can accept this word, but only those to whom it's given. That they come to Jesus and say, Jesus, this is what Moses said, and he says, I know, because see, sin has started to change, sin changed everything. It, it, it broke everything. But God's intention, God's original desire, was for this thing to be this enduring covenant relationship that lasted. And yet now that we live on the other side of sin and its brokenness, it, is, it has shifted everything. But Jesus says, I want to I point you back to what it was supposed to be. Because that's what I want you to aim for. I don't want you to settle for what sin has created. I want you to settle for, for what I intended. Y'all with me? Say Amen. Like, that's what I want you to pursue. That's my heart for you. And my heart for you is the same heart that God had when he created it, when he made man and he made woman, and he intended that the two shall become one. And you can't unwind what God has made one without it hurting really badly. And so fight for that. And that's what I want us to fight for, the healthy, thriving, biblical marriages That God intended. Because when we find it, it is a thing of beauty. Look at me. I'm not saying aim for the perfect marriage because there is no such thing. Come on, somebody. (laughs) I'm not saying aim for the perfect marriage. If y'all ever hear somebody say, I'm a marriage expert. They're not a marriage expert. They're a moron. (laughs) There is no such thing. Come on. There is no such thing. I don't claim to be, and nobody ever steps on this platform will claim to try to present to you the perfect marriage. But your, your marriage can't be perfect, but it can be healthy. And it can thrive. And husbands and wives, you can be to each other and for each other what God intended. And maybe our homes will become havens when we start fighting for the biblical healthy marriage that God desires for us. But I've also discovered you don't go from unhealthy to healthy without a little bit of help. And we have a couple in our church it's Chris and Nikki Foster who this is their heart. They so believe in investing in Marriage and helping people step into that again, not because they have the perfect marriage, but because they know and like we know and deeply believe that what God intended for it is worth fighting for. So much so that they plan a marriage retreat for our staff that, that we do almost annually now, so that our staff is investing in our marriages. And today, I've invited them just to hang out with me on the platform for a little bit because they've set across from dozens of couples in our church and just tried to provide resources and and be a source of wisdom and help them walk towards health. And what they've seen, I think they'll admit, is is there's some patterns that are happening. No marriage is the same, and all of it has different issues, but there's some patterns that they've seen. And I want them just to share their wisdom with our church. So could you welcome Chris and Nikki as they come and hang out with us for just a minute? As they're coming, I'll, again, I want to reiterate, because I know that they would want, the, they're not up here saying, hey, we're, we're the perfect couple, so y'all need to hang out with us. We have the perfect marriage. I think what their heart is, desire, and their desire is, again, just what we said, that believing that God still believes in and has a plan for marriage, and they sit across from couples far too often that are not in a good place, and there's some, some specific things of, what do you guys see? But more often than not, what are some signs? Because here's the other thing, too. I think we, we ignore stuff thinking, oh, that's not a big deal. The check engine light comes on. The, it's rattling a little bit. There's a noise coming from the dash. But we're thinking we can go another 100 miles. And what are some things that y'all see just from a, hey, like, these are some indicators. Like, things aren't as healthy as they need to be.
1: So there's... Obviously, major signs that we see sometimes in relationships, which would include things like yelling, screaming, fighting, aggression, things like that, but more often than not, what we see is subtle things that kind of creep in over time, and they they start to build different patterns and things like that, so some of those things would be maybe you used to spend a lot of time together. It's, it's It's a silly analogy, but maybe like you used to Sit together in the living room at night and watch TV, and now you find yourselves in different rooms, things like that. Another thing would be you, maybe you're getting your emotional support no longer from your spouse, but from your family or friends, or sometimes more dangerously, someone of the opposite sex. So we see that creep in a lot, where you've you stopped communicating with your spouse, and you're trying to get that somewhere else. Another thing that we see over time is that you're having the same argument over and over and over again, but you're not really seeing resolution with that. When, you, when you're when you arguing or have a disagreement as a, as a couple, when you have a healthy relationship, you should be able to get to a place where you understand you're kind of at an impasse, but then you should be able to kind of move forward in some direction. You may have the same disagreements throughout your marriage about certain topics, because you may philosophically just think about those things differently, but you should be able to see progress with those things. Another huge early sign, we would say, is that you stop communicating with one another. You're just not talking anymore. Maybe you're talking about schedules or logistics or who's gonna pick up the kids, but that meaningful conversation has kind of faded over time. And then the last thing I would say is that you don't have a spiritual connection. There's not any discussion about what God is doing in your lives or the place that God has in your home or in your relationship. So those are the main early signs I think that we see a lot.
2: And I think from those signs, we've talked with Matt before about, you know, how can we best support couples to kind of move forward from that? And and a lot of times we've talked about what are really the root causes of that, you know, how do we, you know, we, we've noticed there might be some signs of of why couples may be struggling or not, they're not as healthy as they could be, and we often talk about that, you know, how do we best invest in people so that we can try to give them support to help them to move to a healthy place, and this might sound like an oversimplification, but the reality is on both parties a lot of times there's just a lack of spiritual maturity, and I really am grateful. We recently went through the series here at church about the fruits of the Spirit because those are like things that you can actually see, like tangible things, like are we doing these things? Are we treating each other this way? And sadly, sometimes we see where even in a marriage, they're not treating each other with those kinds of fruits, if that makes sense. And so, you know, we can kind of, from that, determine that there are things that tend to uh, be present more often You know, there's a lot of reasons that, you know, you might be having struggles, but oftentimes a lack of spiritual maturity causes a selfishness or maybe a pridefulness, and those are two of the big ones, too, that we see, um, that really it's, you know, it's all about what you want. You're you're just being selfish in the relationship, or maybe pride because of something that's happened, something your spouse has done to you in the past. You can't get through, you can't get past that thing, and that's is a roadblock in your relationship a lot of times. But really those things all you know, kinda go back to spiritual maturity and that's why we wanna invest in marriages to give people the tools that they need to be able to build into a healthy relationship.
0: Yeah, I think one of the things that we just, we just gotta be honest about is the same thing that ends up destroying marriages is the same thing that ends up bringing destruction in any area of our lives, sin, sin. I've never seen a marriage struggle and sin wasn't the source. Whether it be like the little sin of selfishness or pride or like when we, when we let sin, sin is destructive, amen, like it does. The wages of sin is death. So when sin left unchecked, it destroys careers, it destroys finances, it destroys relationships with your kids, with your coworkers. Like sin does that. And, and it's, we, sometimes we categorize sin. Well, I ain't getting drunk. Or we have these different mindsets, but we have this little pride or this little selfishness or this, these, these, these little, quote unquote, things that we just let the enemy get in and stay present and not let the Lord heal. And, and, and one thing we didn't spend enough time in in the last guy that I want us to go back to is we talked about how so many couples, like if they're going to be healthy, that there has to be a spiritual element of that relationship. And like y'all use that term a lot, spiritual relationship. And there's some people that maybe you're new to church and you're new to Jesus and you're trying to figure out, what does that look like? And it makes you uncomfortable, just that very conversation. Because I think we're so right that we talked about how last week that alignment of pursuing Jesus together. What does that look like for for a marriage to like, all right, I've got my spiritual walk, Ashley's got her spiritual walk, but together, because we're one, how do we together as one pursue Jesus?
2: we get that question a lot when we meet with people. And and sometimes people are in a bad spot and they don't don't even realize they need that. But then a lot of times, which is an encouragement to us, a lot of times people want that, which is a great first step, but they don't know how to get there. So that's when we find ourselves in a situation kind of like the situation Matt described where, you know, maybe you're pursuing God and your spouse is pursuing God, but you're not doing that together. So there's a couple of really simple things that we encourage couples to do. There's a lot of you know, more things down the road we can do, and and Nikki and I have a lot of great resources that we can share with couples. You know, you don't have to ask for support in your marriage because you're in a bad spot. Maybe you just wanna grow. You know, we've had uh, people that have come up to us who've just said, I wanna be a better husband. I wanna grow in my relationship, and that's really encouraging to us, and we're happy to come alongside you and give you those tools. If you've never done that before, a couple of simple ones are talk about God, and a really easy way to do that is talk about the sermon. So like when you leave here today and you get in your car and you go home, Just have a dialogue, have a conversation like, what did you learn today? Or what did God say to you? What did you learn at church? That's like a kind of a softball that you can just really get into starting a dialogue about spiritual things. It should be a regular part of your relationship, but sometimes you, you need to start small. Another thing we really encourage people to do is to pray together. One of the coolest things that we've been able to do when we do premarital counseling here at Vintage is for couples that have never done that. It's incredible for them to establish that, so that when they start their marriage together, they're already having like healthy habits from the start. And you can start simple with that too. Maybe you're self-conscious about praying out loud because that's not something you do very often, or you're you're anxious about that. Start by asking your your spouse, or um, you know, sometimes in premarital counseling, it's your fiance. But say like, "How can I pray for you?" Like a very simple like way to start to build a spiritual connection. Um, with your spouse,
0: yeah. I mean, and as you're talking, I'm sitting here thinking, like, when's the last time you had a spiritual conversation with your spouse? Like, if I said, how how is your spouse doing spiritually? If if we can't answer that about our spouses, then we don't have a spiritual relationship, you know. Um, there's a couple other questions. Like, one, the first question, and I know the answer to it. I think, or I'm going to answer it for y'all. Is you know, when the couples that come in a in a really bad place. What's the one thing that's most often common about the ones that don't make it, and what's often the common thing about the ones that do? And I know the answer to the first question, and y'all can tell me if I'm wrong, that the couples that end up not making it are the ones that waited too late to deal with the issues.
1: Am I right? 100%. Yeah. When you get to a place where you've had years and years of hurt and resentment and pain, and you're hanging on by a thread, and that's when you seek help, it's it's really hard to overcome that much. But when you come to us and it's just, we need a little checkup, or we have a couple areas where we're struggling in, we're gonna see a lot more progress most of the time.
0: Yeah, and I don't say that to say, man, like there's some people in here that are just too far. No, it's number one, if you see those warning signs, and you know things are not, they're not what they need to be. The longer that we ignore, nothing ever gets healthier from neglect. Nothing ever gets healthier from neglect when, when Scripture's pushing us to, to, to wrestle with these issues. And so, number one, like, that's what you need to hear. If you're in this room or maybe you're watching online and, and you know, man, there's some stuff that things are just not good. It's not awful, but it's not good. It, not good will go to awful without some really intentional things. What's the, what's the common thing or most common thing that says, all right, when the couple's come, like, this is something they do or what they do to to make it?
1: There's a couple things that come to mind. One thing that I see a lot is that they start communicating better when they're going to have success. And that means like vulnerability and intimacy in their conversation. So we're, not talk- we're talking about sharing hopes and dreams and expectations and needs and disappointments. So they're having dialogue like that Another thing that we see when people are able to kind of break through and make it is both spouses have to be all in. And sometimes, a lot of times, we sit across from a couple and one person is like totally checked out and they're just not, they're not even invested in their marriage anymore. But both couples have to be all in. And then lastly, but most important is the, and it sounds cliche a little bit, but You have to be, like, passionately in love with Jesus, like, pursuing him above all else. Because when you're doing that, then things that make a marriage healthy, like putting the needs of your spouse before your own needs, those things come more naturally when you have an intimate relationship with Jesus.
0: That's good, man. Well, Chris, one of the things that Chris and Nikki love to be is just a resource, and I want people, because there's people, there's people that are in here right now. That there's couples that need to reach out to Chris and Nikki, like as, before you get out of the parking lot, because you know you need help. And I want, I want you to know, number one, when you do that, there it takes some really crazy circumstances for them to ever bring us in, involved, because they want Your privacy and your trust matters to them. But talk about some things that we're trying to provide as a church to help people from pre-medal counseling on through.
2: Right. So, Matt mentioned that the premarital counseling. So, you know, that's like building your foundation, right? Like this, um, we've collaborated with Matt to come up with some great uh, bullet points that we go through, just what we want people to know about marriage. Then, if you're already married and you know, maybe you need some support, maybe you're in, in a crisis or maybe you're not, um, we're happy to meet and talk. We, we have some resources we can go through with you, or even if you just want to grow in your marriage. Um, we've even had people reach out to us in the last year, which has been phenomenal who feel like God has blessed them with a healthy relationship, and they wanna kinda give back and serve our church by supporting other marriages. And we're, we'd love to have those couples come to us too so we can equip you with ways that you can mentor another couple. Um, that's an, you know, an incredible thing that you know, your church wants to do for you. And I, and I just have to say very quickly, I'm just grateful for the way that Vintage Church, our leadership, has embraced the idea of marriage ministry. You know, I grew up in the church, my wife grew up in the church, I know Matt has often talked about growing up in the church. Sadly, I haven't seen a lot of churches historically that prioritize ministering to people's marriages. But this church has, and we're grateful for that. And we're grateful to be a part of a church that loves you enough to say we want to come along beside you and equip you. Another thing that we have going on this fall is we're going to be offering a married couple's community group here at the church. So that's another way that you can start to build a spiritual relationship with your spouse or grow in a spiritual relationship with your spouse and maybe have the opportunity to come along beside another couple um, and mentor them and help them grow as well.
0: Yeah, Uh, and hear our heart in that is we want to make sure from, and one of the reasons why we're so, we value premarital counseling is what we've discovered is uh, The vast majority of the couples that end up in deep trouble, those things existed before they walked down the aisle and didn't have the courage to wrestle with those conversations. And we're not here to say, okay, let's see if they're ready to get married. No, it's like let's have some intentional conversations before we move into that space so that we can best support you and set you up for success. And so thank you all for what you do. It really means a lot. We all show some love to Chris and Nikki. Thank you guys so much. Because everything that we desire is to watch people step into biblical, healthy marriages. But also, there's some people in the room that that even leaning in right now. You're, you're you're thinking about that whole concept. But one of the things I want to remind you is, God didn't create marriage for us to complete one another. Like that, that's not what it's about. You you are full in Christ. Colossians chapter 2 verses 9 and 10, for in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. And so some of those even things as we start to look at our, I, I need a spouse or I'm looking to my spouse to complete me to do what only Jesus can do. And that creates a stress and a strain on a marriage that it cannot take. And one of the things I retreat to that that Nikki said in that conversation is every time we see a marriage go from unhealthy to healthy, the one common thing is those two people, both of them, decide they're gonna start putting Christ first and start pursuing Jesus in all that they do. This is silly, but it it stuck with me my whole life. When I was in like the seventh grade, I saw a youth pastor do a marriage triangle illustration. Y'all ever heard of this? If you think about a triangle... And at its peak is Jesus, and on each end is, is the, the husband and the wife. If the husband and wife are both growing towards Jesus, do you notice what's happened? They're growing towards one another. If neither are growing towards Jesus but growing away from Jesus, they also are growing away from one another. If one's growing towards Christ but the other one is not, you can still see that that, that intimacy is achieved most when we both pursue Jesus together, <laughs> moving towards him, putting him at the center of our lives. That that's the key. That God designed this beautiful relationship called marriage that he intended where a man and a woman come together as one. An enduring covenant. Meant for the edification of them both. And I don't know, you may be single and thinking this is, this is so far away from anything you need to learn. But hold on to these principles But one of the things that Chris and Nikki mentioned is one of the easiest things that we can do to start moving Christ to the center of our marriage is to pray for each other. See, most of us have a hard time having a healthy marriage because we never got to see one up close. I did. I got to watch my parents pray for each other. I got to watch my dad. I said this in the 1145 last week, stand in the doorway of my house. And as my mom would back out of the driveway, I could see my dad's lips moving, and he was praying over my mom as she left our house to go to work. And that has re- stuck in my spirit. And so today, before we move out of this room, before we leave, we want to give you a chance to practice that. We want to give some space for husbands and wives to pray to you for each other and with each other. So you take just a minute by your head and close your eyes, and I know I know this doesn't represent everybody in the room, so it, but I feel like I need to do it. Husbands, wives, you wanna take some time to pray together before you leave this room today? Maybe you wanna do something really uncomfortable and maybe really unique and grab the hand of your spouse and make your way to the platform and turn it into an altar and pray together. Can I invite you to do that? Come on, husbands and wives, just grab the hand of your spouse, pull them down here, come and pray over each other, pray together. Let him hear or her hear you praying over them. Even in this moment, as you feel led, just come and pray. Maybe this is the first time y'all have done this in a really long time. If your kids are sitting with you, they can come too. Bring them with you. It'd be awesome for your child to hear their dad praying over their mom. You don't have to do it, you can do it in your seat. However you feel led, just pray over each other. I'm gonna give you some space just to do that, just to talk to God. Pray over each other, pray for each other, pray with each other. Maybe you're out here in the room or you're out there online and you know what? You're praying for your mom and dad whose marriage is struggling and there's a lot of tension and you feel that heavy on your heart and you want to pray over your parents. Pray for each other. just a minute I'm gonna pray when I say amen I want those of you who are out there you can just kind of exit quietly as you feel led but if you're down here couples and you're praying for each other I want you to feel some freedom and space to stay as long as you need to pray over each other to take some time to have those conversations God thank you for this gift that you've given us that when we do it your way it is a it is not a thing of struggle and pain it is a thing of beauty And God, we recognize that even with you at the center, we'll have hard times. There will be moments when it's stressful and it's hard and we have to work. But God, if we would keep you at the center, your heart for marriage is a beautiful, powerful thing for us to experience. And God, I pray health over every relationship represented here today. And God, I ask you to work. In the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. If you're out in the congregation, you're dismissed. We invite the couples to pray for as long as they need. If you're watching online, thank you for worshiping with us today. We love you guys. We hope you have an amazing week. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church podcast. We hope what you have just heard has inspired you to live and love like Jesus. If you'd like to know more about Vintage Church or to get further connected, we invite you to visit us at our website at vintagechurch.net. We'd also encourage you to download the Vintage app. There you can find more resources about how to get involved and grow in your faith. You can access the Vintage Church app by going to app.vintagechurch.net. Thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your spiritual journey and we hope to see you soon.